Welcome to the I Will Stand Strong podcast with authors Jason Jimenez and the Benham Brothers. I Will Stand Strong is a culturally engaging podcast that seeks to reinforce Christians to stand strong no matter the cost by sharing powerful stories and providing a biblical perspective to the big issues facing Christians today. So, whatever you're going through, the guys are here to build you up and awaken a generation to follow Jesus. And now, here's the guys. What's up, friends? Welcome to I Will Stand Strong podcast. Jason is with you, as always. And I'm here with uh, two annoying people, people that I wish that I never was introduced to years ago. <laughs> I love their dad, though. Flip, if you're out there listening, I know you're listening to me, not your, your sons, That's but right. thank you for listening. He only listens to But AM I'm here radio. with David Benham, Jason Benham, two awesome guys who are standing strong in their faith. Amen? Right. Amen. 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 That's so, a good old so, Baptist so, in you. Yeah, I can hear the, the organ the, playing uh, he, in the background. He, uh, you want to, We should do that. We'll pass the plate to in a minute, and we'll do some fire and brimstone on you. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about fire and brimstone on you, Jason. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I, I get, I'm still getting confused who's on my left and who's on my right. Dude, let's tell our stories, man. I know. So with today's podcast, uh, I Will Stand Strong, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about our stories and about how you guys are not only standing strong, but kind of a little bit about the backstory. But you know what, though? I, I mean, I've heard it many times, so I'm going to, like, leave. You're going to zone guys. out. Yeah, I'm going to zone out, and then I'll come back in. But I'm going to put a clock. You guys have, like, you know, three minutes each to tell your story within not six happening. minutes. I think you guys can do that. Although I do have to, I do have a confession that David and I spoke at a youth camp um, last weekend, and just this past weekend. And in the middle of David talking, I was up there, and he busted a joke on me. And everybody started laughing, and then everybody looked at me, ready for my comeback. And this was this was on a Sunday morning, just after a Saturday night when we stayed uh-huh. up late and watched the Conor McGregor fight. Oh yeah, and uh, I was totally zoned out, thinking about that fight while he was talking. <laughs> I had no response. Everybody's looking at me. I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, just like oh, yeah. it was awesome." Okay, so but about our story and what the the good thing about this because you um you need to share some of your story as well. Um, we want to talk about the price of standing strong for your faith, because there's always going to be a price. There's always going to be a cost involved. The question is, which cost are you counting? You got to count the cost, the count, the cost of standing or the cost of not standing. Can I stop real quick and just say one thing? Yep. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6, 12, but against the rulers, powers, and world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything, stand firm. Mm-hmm. Now, the, w- everything that we talk about in the commitment of I will stand strong is mm-hmm. in that context, mm-hmm. because there is a spiritual dimension in this battle. There, there, This is a spiritual battle, and it manifests itself through the public school in a certain way, through your private school in a certain way, in homes, uh, across this country, in the political and realm, in the entertainment industry. It all represents itself in various ways, and it is very subtle, because the devil is the angel of the light, but it is ultimately a spiritual battle. So when we say you have to stand strong and it will cost you something, this is what we're talking about. And in America today, we're really the first generation of, well, maybe not the first, but we're one of just a very small few generations in Christian history that really haven't had to pay a price for anything with our faith. As a matter of fact, it's been kind of popular over the last uh, couple of generations. 
But now that's starting to shift. We're starting to see a cultural context that we talked about in a previous episode. And that's true, because if you ask mm-hmm. the typical person today in America, what has your faith cost you? Yeah. For most of us, Quite. including he and I for a while, it really hadn't cost us anything. You know? And and the thing is, is that today uh, it's very easy to think about the price that you have to pay to stand strong for your faith. It's it's one thing to say Jesus is Lord. It's another thing to say marriage is between a man and a woman. You see, you can say Jesus loves you and has a great plan for your life, but then if you then go a step further and you actually hold on to the truths that Jesus outlined for us, uh, in in particular on marriage, mm-hmm. it's between a man and a woman. Now all of a sudden you're not so popular you're anymore, and you're going to be absolutely Maligned. demonized. And so what people do is they stick with Jesus is Lord, He loves you, and has a great plan for your life, but they don't talk about the truths that they need to be talking about because Jesus has the answer to all of life's problems. So let me say one thing in Matthew five eleven, Jesus said, "Blessed are you when men persecute you and falsely accuse you." Today, in today's context. False accusations are absolutely rampant. We're watching it in the political world. We're watching it in the entertainment world. We're seeing it even in the church world, a false accusation. Now, there are true accusations, but remember, anytime truth and and God's righteousness is behind uh, an accusation or an allegation of some sort, it's for the purpose of restoration, not for the purpose of destruction. So Mm -hmm. when the devil exposes sin, it's for the purpose of destruction of that person and the relationships. But when God exposes sin, it's for the purpose of restoration of the person and their relationships. And so... Go so ahead, you're Jason. Let me jump in now. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Jump in. Well, let me just jump in you, first. You jump in let me first. just jump in and just tell everybody. Listen, today we are going to get to the stories because this is this is very important because we can talk all day long in scripture like what we're referring to right now, standing strong, that kind of stuff, and we get that. I think most Christians, again, yeah. to be a Christian, we understand who who dwells within us. Yes, and that's that. That is uh, Jesus Christ. Now that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as we live that out, Lord, the, the faith that we have, we have to see examples today. So we are getting a lot of examples today of people, I think, that have either hijacked the faith, mm-hmm. who, are, who, are, who are saying that they are a solid Christian, but they're saying things that are contrary to the scripture. So the first episode, we kind of laid out what it looks like to stand strong. We talked about three C's, and, and, and from your guys' perspective in the, in the book, we looked at some scriptures about what it looks like. So today... I think that's a great lead into what have you guys faced as a Christian? Because yeah. David, you were just, or Jason, you were just giving examples a minute ago about. Don't ever call him David again. <laughs> it's the best compliment it's he's the, ever been given. It's the best compliment yeah, he's ever been given. Um, but so, so, so JB, so you were saying a minute ago that a lot of people will, will say, oh, Jesus is Lord, if you will, and he's got a plan for life and kind of generalizing things. And again, yeah. that's a true statement, though. Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Amen. But they will avoid some of the more controversial things, maybe about same-sex marriage or about yeah. gender equality and, and things like that. Yeah. Take us back a little bit as a Christian, and in your life, when that started to become an apparent uh, yeah. you know, uh, issue in your life, when you, like you said, when you started to realize, hey, I haven't really been counting the cost right. of what it's to be like a Christian, but now I'm starting to get it. I would go back to where David mentioned Joshua 1 in our first podcast about um, him saying, don't let this, Joshua saying, don't let this, or God saying to Joshua, don't let this book of the law, the law, depart from your mouth. You know, we recognize that it's not just faith in Jesus Christ, it's faith in Jesus that leads us to believe all things that Jesus and his Father spoke about, which is all truth. And 
in Joshua 1, God basically said, here's the, here's the keys to success. And if you follow these things, you're going to be successful. Well, David and I, in our business, we built our businesses. We started in 2003, fresh out of professional but, yeah, baseball. I was going to say, we went to Liberty, graduated went to Liberty, to Liberty. Yep. Awesome and you guys college, are okay, man. And you guys are okay baseball players in college, right? Just yeah. <laughs> I was a little better than David, but we both Come got on. drafted. Is that true, though? You know, we both finished on the money 330 batting averages isn't that yeah, weird so your batting average are the same but exactly what, what what db what did you play what position i caught did you and played first base jason played third base i okay. was third base and we got drafted out of college david by boston i was by baltimore um we both ended up with st louis we ended up re- i retired what, years that? Year, what year 98 99 2000 david played one extra year 2001 we ended up moving our families after retirement to base um um not baseball. Baseball, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. We started, we earned our real estate licenses in 2002, ended up Now, whose idea, though? Whose idea was that to get into real estate? Me. This no, is Jason. I'm not sure it was mine. No, no, no. It I read yours. Millionaire Next Door while I was in the minor leagues. I didn't even have a cell phone in the minors or a computer. We always wanted to get into real estate. So I read my Bible Oh, you guys did? Yeah. You that guys was the industry wanted. Jesus And we read it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So you guys oh. are you guys are well read and you, it was it was so you guys had the vision was there what it would look yeah. like to run a business together so you guys but, never had the desire to run separate businesses no no Jason could never do that no David okay we'll talk about that yeah. that'll be an He's episode that'll be, that'll be a, a definite long episode. time episode. so we earned our real estate licenses thinking that we just wanted to save money on the commission when we bought our new houses um, and so we were young men we had kids at the time and we go, went ahead and and just said okay let's start selling real estate as real estate agents just your typical real estate agents and we started praying and asking god for a niche in real estate cuz we didn't really like showing houses to people very much and we we stumbled onto and god brought it to us opened the door to sell foreclosures for the bank and uh, we started selling foreclosures on behalf of banks and managing their properties and all of that and there's a verse that says whatever your hand finds to do do it with all your might so we did it with all of our might, built that company up to where we were selling more houses in North Carolina than just about any other agents. Now, we had no business training at all. No we wrote, read a couple of those books we were telling you about, but at the age of 12, when we gave our hearts to the Lord, we started reading through the New Testament every year until 18, and then when we went to Liberty, we started reading through the Bible every year, and of course, through the minor leagues, we were reading through Scripture. So we started our business and our career with the firm foundation of the Word, and we were able to take the truths of God's Word and uh, put them into very simple principles, which we're going to have a podcast mm-hmm. here shortly mm-hmm. about some of the business principles that we built our company by. And so it's very interesting how God showed that, yes, His Word, His ways work in the marketplace. So we built that company up, and, and by 2007, we were closing so many different houses, and God gave us the idea to franchise our business, and we did that. And from 2007 to 2010... Our company exploded. We grew to 100 offices in 35 different states. Uh, I personally was ranked the number two real estate agent in all of America by the Wall Street Journal. Um, uh, Inc. Magazine put us as one of the fastest growing growing private uh, real estate companies. We were franchise 500, most innovative business concept. I mean, we were winning all these awards. And so in 2012... HGTV found out about us and a production company reached out to us and wanted to do a reality show featuring me and David teaching families how to flip houses because not only did we uh, know how to manage and liquidate properties as real estate brokers on behalf of banks, but we were also buying and selling and buying and renting commercial 
and multifamily as well as single-family homes. And at the same time, TLC had made us our first offer. So here in 2013, we're negotiating with TLC, and that's when HGTV came in and made their offer. And at that same time, they had just signed Chip and Joanna Gaines with Fixer mm-hmm. Upper, a phenomenal family, great show. And, uh, and they hadn't piloted their first episode yet. And so the general manager told us, we're going to take your families, your two families, along with the Gaines families, and we're going to raise you guys to the top of the network and really try to transition our programming to more family-based. At this time, they were seeing Duck Dynasty and some of the other reality shows that were very successful just because they were family. They weren't even transforming houses or doing anything of of value in that uh, regard. So that's when HGTV made us. They said, you know, we don't even want to give you guys a pilot. We're going to give you straight-to-series, six one-hour episodes right out of the gate. That was pretty exciting. For for David and I, he, uh, both of us were totally thinking, you know, we didn't make it to the big leagues in baseball. This is a new big leagues. If they're going to put us in millions of homes, we're going to proclaim the gospel. So we really wanted that platform. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a phenomenal platform. And, uh, and so we ended up signing with HGTV. And in that process, uh, HGTV, before they actually signed us officially, we agreed to them, agreed in principle to a big deal, six episodes like what David was saying. It was a big deal financially for us, and it was a big commitment for HGTV. We agreed, but then between the time where you agree in principle to a contract like that, to where you're signing like the legitimate legal document, the attorneys have to do background checks. And when they did that, we, of course, came out great, but they discovered online that David and I were pretty vocal Christians. And a couple uh, things that we were vocal about is we had started a pro-life ministry back in 2010 called Cities for Life, and we were very, very strongly uh, pro-life, and we had spoken on some videos where we said that life begins at conception. Now, what we do say is one thing to be against abortion. It's another thing to be for life. Mm-hmm. It's you know we we are we are very very much involved in Cities for Life. We started it in 2010, and it's a ministry that mobilizes mm-hmm. folks from churches to the mission fields of a local abortion clinic. It's not a protest or a demonstration, but it's an opportunity to get there and to serve these mothers and to say, "Listen, ma'am, our church will help you with your financial needs. So here we we can come alongside you." And since we started in 2010. In the state of North Carolina, abortion has gone down almost 27% in our state, which has been amazing to look at those statistics. And it's the Guttmacher Institute, which is not a, yeah, a bastion not... of Christian values that are right. aggregating the statistics for the Department of Health. So anyway, the, 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 we were very much involved in these things. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, who was the famous pastor back in Nazi Germany, he said, it's, you must not simply try to help hurting people you must also stop the things that hurt them. And so you step in, you know, you, yeah. you, you, it's important to step into the things and not just put a hospital at the bottom of a cliff, but to put a guardrail up at the top, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. help and say, listen, hey, we're here. We just want you to know this is your choice, but we want to give you some other So, choice. So they started to look in and investigate their, yeah. to make sure who we... And they recognize that yeah, ministry. Who we're going to be putting on, our, obviously, like you said, our network. And I'm sure they got sponsors by now. Sponsors are saying yeah. that they want to be part of the show, right? Which you need yeah, was huge. to keep the show running. So they start looking your guys' background, and what do they find? Well, what they found is that we're strongly pro-life, and we were very vocal about it, and there were videos out there that showed our pro-life stance. But also, a second thing, back in 2012, there was an amendment in North Carolina called Amendment 1, and that's where they tried, you know, everybody was supposed to vote 
on whether or not you believe that marriage should be defined in the North Carolina Constitution as between a man or a woman. And so there were a, a man lot... man with a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I said man or a woman. Yeah. A man with a woman. And there were a lot of big companies in North Carolina coming out and saying, no, you don't, don't define marriage this way. And so David and I, as business owners... We were like, wait, we need to talk about this. So we went on and did a little video and, and did some articles and said, no, marriage is defined by man and woman, and that's not my idea. It's, it's, that's God's idea. And so when the attorneys at HGTV were researching us, they discovered those two things, that we're pro-life and pro-marriage. When it comes, since this is I Will Stand Strong podcast, when it comes to that, I just want to read a scripture real quick, because this was mm-hmm. the scripture that motivated Jason and I. At, in 2012, at the height of our business... And we could have easily just kind of just cruised off into the sunset, been wealthy Christian entrepreneurs and not had ruffled any feathers. But we knew we need to take a stand, a stand for marriage. It's not only what God says, but it's the bedrock of civil society. And we read 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We destroy every speculation and every lofty thing raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So this is a fortress that has been Mm -hmm. built by Satan himself over human sexuality. And it's not just homosexuality, because it's also perversion and pornography and adultery and all these other things with divorce. It's this, Satan's built a, a fortress. And what is a fortress? When you take land, you build a fortress... And you, you basically, as the enemy that's occupying this territory, says, you can go anywhere you want, but you can't come here because I've taken this land. And if you look at American culture mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. has the enemy, has Satan, the enemy of our soul, taken ground when it comes to human sexuality? Yes. Has he taken ground when it comes to marriage? Yes. Has he taken ground when it comes to life? And there are many issues we're going to talk about, but he's taken ground and, and built a fortress. And what, is, what does Scripture tell us? So you guys are reading through this, and I think you guys are going into the, the, the pilot season, right? Yeah, we you were guys, in 14. You guys, you guys have already started to record. Well, not yet. Hold on. Not recording yet? Almost, almost there, because right now— I'm just trying to end this story as quick as possible. <laughs> I bet you are, <laughs> too. But, but there's a very important like, piece— well, Can we talk about me? Can we talk about there's me? There's a very yeah. important yeah. piece that we—I got to make sure our listeners yeah, don't, don't miss this, because when the attorneys from HG discovered this about us, I remember getting a phone call from our production company that said, "Are you the, the attorneys want to know if you guys are anti-gay. Now, of course, nothing could be further from the truth, but just because we're pro-something, you know, pro-marriage and pro-life, now all of a sudden we become anti-something, like anti-gay, anti-women or whatever, and that's the label. Yeah. And of course, I was False like... False accusation, no, Matthew 5, we're not any, we're not pro... or not anti-anything. We're pro-Jesus, which means we're pro-Bible. And the, the funny thing, though, is that when she asked that question, I was really scared. Like, I legitimately felt fear. And what it was was a man-pleasing spirit, that I was tempted to focus on the platform that I wanted and not the person who put it there in the first place. Mm-hmm. I was really tempted to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember hanging up the phone with her, and I was still you know, f- f- kind of shaken from the fact that, uh-oh, HG's on to us. They're, they're not going to let us have a show. It's because your image, your income, and your influence were threatened. Right. And if you're a pastor listening to this, pay close attention, or a political leader, or a young kid, and you're walking with Jesus... Pay very close attention to the fear of man that creeps over you and the fear that begins to grip you when income, image, or influence, or all three, or a set of two, whatever, when any of those are threatened, 
we get fearful, so we have to put those aside and walk by faith. And I remember calling David and telling him, look, I just got this phone call. This is what they asked me. And he was like, oh, boy, I bet you they're, I bet you they're going to pull it. They're not going to give us the show. And I said, dude, I feel the same way. And uh, for two weeks, HG, our production company, and even our agents didn't, didn't call us or text us or anything. And I thought that we were going to get dumped, that we were going to miss the show and, and not get the show. And so David and I met together, and we prayed, and we got up. And from praying, we were on our knees. And I said, dude, why don't you write up an email to HGTV? Let's try to save the show. So he wrote this email, sent it to me to approve it. And I read it, and basically it said, HGTV, these are our beliefs, and we're never going to back off, back off of these. However, when we represent your, sh- your show and your network in a public arena, we won't talk about any of those things. You know, so here we were saying, we were cowards, here man. we were saying to them, essentially, we'll be quiet about the beliefs that now make us look like we're anti, you know, and we're not, of course, we're not anti. None of that was truth. That was false accusations. And I remembered us. what A.W. Tozer uh, once mm-hmm. said, the famous pastor theologian, he said, when we become so tolerant that we lead people into mental fog and spiritual darkness... We are not acting like Christians. We're acting like cowards. Mm. That that quote stuck with me. Spiritual darkness. Remember in in the the episode where we talked about light, mm-hmm. turning the light on. The problem's not the presence of darkness; it's the absence of light. And so we had an opportunity to shine the light, but we were at this moment writing this yeah. email, wanting to turn the light. So on. you guys, so you the the email was written. You guys are looking over it, and then what happens? Okay, so we're looking over it, and honestly, we we were doing this. Now I'm putting up quotes here. If you if you're listening on radio or a podcast. We were doing this for the Lord, right? We're like, God, we got to do this in order to save the show, because if we get the show, we're going to proclaim the gospel. So you can see how that happens. But what we were doing was we were focusing on that platform that we wanted more than we were focusing on the person who put it there. And that meant that we were now enslaved by that platform. That meant that now that platform that we wanted had become our idol. We were now controlled by that thing we weren't willing to let go of. And, uh, and, but, but we were spiritual enough to know that we should send this to somebody first before we sent it to HGTV. So we sent it to a pastor friend of ours. He sent us a scathing rebuke back that said, this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like Mordecai to Esther. How do you know that God didn't raise you up for a yeah. time like yeah. this to tear down this stronghold? Iron, so sharpens, I, iron sharpens iron. Marshmallows do not so sharpen wisdom, marshmallows. So the wisdom, though, see, the neat thing, though, because you think about how many people guys right now are listening, they may not relate to the HGTV deal and all that kind of stuff that you guys are dealing with, you know, or the scale of business that you guys have been blessed with. But I, I believe many of our listeners can relate to the fact of that temptation being oh, of to being scared of saying, if All I do us. this, you know, then this is, this is going to be a consequence. And so maybe if I just don't talk about Jesus or bring my Bible to school or work, whatever, whatever the case may be. So they could relate at this period, but you guys are wise enough, which is shocking to me, knowing you guys for all these years, but you know, touché. I mean, God is good, but touche. But it, that you went to someone that you can trust mm-hmm. with this and you were yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And you submit it to him, and you were saying, Lord, whatever he says, what what were you thinking when you sent it to him? We sent it to him for his feedback, and yeah, we were like, God, if if this is the direction you want us to go, he's going to approve it. It was a pastor friend of ours, an older man. We were hoping he'd approve it. I mean, honestly, deep in the Okay, so still, let's be honest. And so even though you're sending to him, even though you're wise enough to say, let me send it to to a counselor, if you will, somebody that you guys, you trust— you were still hoping that he was going to say, yeah, of course. hey, I don't see yeah. anything wrong with it, you know, and, and we didn't want to lose the show. You didn't want to lose the show. So yeah. he, he comes back, and he scathing gave us, email. Yep, rebuke. And you know what? In that minute, in that moment, David and I both felt the cutting conviction of the Holy hard. Spirit, and it hit us hard. 
we got down on our knees and we prayed and repented. And we discovered from that that boldness apart from brokenness makes a bully. See, we didn't know that several months later we'd be getting fired, or about a year later we'd be getting fired by HG in front of a watching world, and we would have to stand boldly for all to see. We didn't know that was coming. God knew that was coming. That was a time for us to be bold. But what we, what what God had to do first was to break us of our own self sufficiency and our man pleasing spirit. So He broke us of that. Just like Peter, who said to Jesus, "I'll never deny you," but that very night he denied Jesus three times. See, Peter was a bold man, but he wasn't broken. But but now that David and I were broken, of course, we never sent the email. Now that we were broken. We, we, God had given us a new gusto to stand strong. But then several weeks later, HG reached out to us and said, Hey guys, let's, we want to sign you guys, you know, and, and the production company even told me a lot of people at HG even believe like you guys, they just don't talk about it. Of course they don't talk about it. We got a lot of pastors that won't even talk about it. So how would we expect people at a network like that to talk about Income, it? Income, image, and influence. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's and so point. I'm going to speed this up 60 seconds, but we ended up Thank moving you, on with them and we did pre-production. We found some houses and some families that wanted to flip and uh, five weeks into filming, we were filming, commercials were already running, endorsements were coming they in. They put from, our families across the banner on their Facebook page. I mean, we were right at the top there and yeah. we were like, I can't believe this is... This is actually going to happen. So, or happening. All of this stuff That's was happening. happening. And then HG started to uh, make announcements about our show at what's, at, at what's called the upfronts. That's where they get more advertising dollars. So, they did the upfronts in cities across America. And one city was New York, and a, an activist group called GLAD actually reached out to them and said, do you know who these brothers are? They hate gay people. They hate women and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And HG said, Typical That's narrative. not true. We know everything that they've ever said, and that's not who these brothers are. They've actually you know, closed more than 20,000 houses across America. Mm-hmm. They've never discriminated against anybody. We've sold to everybody. doesn't matter who, mm-hmm. who they are. And, uh, and, but yet, Glad was not happy with this. And after a week of going back and forth, finally HG went to Glad and said, we're sticking with them, period. Well, Glad got ticked tapped their friend Right Wing Watch on the shoulder to write an article about these nasty brothers that HGTV was going to hire. And uh, and so what they did was they wrote this article, they posted it out. Smear and slander and just pulling, pulling comments out of context and creating their own yep. story. And so HGTV, after this was posted, HGTV thought the world was caving in. And that very day that that article came out, and all these people were like, HG, you can't hire brothers like this. They're bigoted, you know, and all sorts of stuff. And uh, and HG, I remember we got on a phone call with three of their top executives, and we knew this hurt them. Their voices were shaking. They, they, the, they the, kn- yeah, one of them was crying. She couldn't she said she couldn't believe this was happening. Yeah. So they, I mean, in, in all due respect to them, they probably hadn't really faced no, no, this nothing. That's why we never said anything negative about yeah. them. And the, we love and the those tough guys. thing, and a lot of people don't realize this, they look at me and David as being the victims. You know, we're not the ones that lost over $2 million. HGTV did because they got bullied. And David and I are like, you guys are getting bullied and we know it. Listen, we love you. We don't hold anything against you. We thank you for giving us an opportunity. When they told us we have to cancel the show, we said, look, all things work together for the good to those who love God. We love God. You know, some of you on this call love God, but all things work together for good. So we don't hold anything against you, but we can promise you one thing. You guys got bullied. There's a Goliath in this culture. And we sent an email to them telling them this, that there's a Goliath in this culture. 
and we have no intentions of backing down. You see, at that point, we were ready to stand bold because God had already broken us. Yeah, you're broken at that, you yeah, see? Yeah. that point. That's why this whole I Will Stand Strong podcast that yeah. we're doing and the campaign that we're going to launch, yep. that it really means something to us because we've been through it. And we know the power that can be unleashed in the spiritual realm and even in your own life. When you face your fear, you die to your dream, mm-hmm. and you stand strong for the Lord, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you become someone that you never even knew you could become, oh, and yeah. it's so much better. Oh, Amen. man, and, it, and just some of the fruit from it, we were... You know, we were still doing our business, and we had a client in Tampa, Florida, who wanted to have a meeting with us. So we flew out to Tampa, and we're having a meeting with this client. They had the human resources manager touring us around the big office. They had about 90 employees. And and this human resources uh, man says, hey, listen, I just want you and your brother to know. This was after we had already spent the day with him. He said, I, I want you to know um, that uh, I'm gay. And I just put my arm around him. I said, well, thanks for telling me that, man. Now, why exactly did you tell me that? Yeah. And he was like, well, I just felt like I really needed to. He and was I said, looking can I, for hope. I, that's exactly right. And I knew he was looking for hope. And I, I said, can I just open my scripture and share a couple of things with you about how much God loves you and how he transformed my life and he can do the same for you? And he said, sure. And I took him to 1 Corinthians 6, started reading 9, 10, and 11. And he talks about, do you not know that liars, murderers, thieves, you know, adulterers, homosexuals will not enter the kingdom of heaven? And I said, listen, he didn't just say homosexuality. He talked about all, all the sins. Same. It's all the same. Listen, bro, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. I gave my heart to the Lord at 12. I began to share my testimony. Man, his chin starts quivering. His tears start welling up in his eyes. And I just simply asked him, are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ right now? and submit to his lordship, including that of over your uh, sexual uh, um, orientation? And he said, yes, I want to surrender to Jesus. And we prayed right there. Mm. It was amazing. Mm. And it's just like, look, all we have to do is stand, because people are looking for hope. And if we're not willing to stand, where are they going to see hope? And that's what it ultimately results in. People would say, man, you and your brother, you want to be culture warriors? No, we want to be guys that simply share our testimony of what Jesus did for us and how he can transform others' lives. Well, I got to say, knowing this story and seeing you guys walk through it these last few years has been incredible to watch. I mean, anytime we get to see Christians such as you guys, I mean, again, what 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 were you giving the Lord? What were you risking, if you will? What sacrifices were you making for the Lord at this scale? Not Nothing. not not, not Nothing. much at all. Because right. even like you guys said, with, with with any of the influence or the imagery or the idolatry, whatever that you guys are faced with in this opportunity, and you can you can and you can make an excuse. Oh God, if you've given it to us, we make all this money, we'll be popular, and we could go out there and we'll share Christ the way that we think that we'll share. But as a result, by losing the show and being attacked by like you said, by GLAD and other organizations, God has really refined the two of you. Yeah. And that, that I definitely have seen through the years a sense of brokenness that you guys have taken, I believe, on a scale that you didn't even imagine. And maybe if you guys had stuck with the show and done that, it would have just been this production thing and big celebrities on TV yeah. kind of stuff, you know, and flipping... What was the show? Flipping forward. Flip, or flip it forward. Flip we ask God if it's, if this is not going to honor you, then take it away. Yeah, so, so it's gone, and it's, clearly we must have. But you uh, see the been mini- on the yeah. path of. But you see the ministry as a result of it, and so I just want to tell our listeners and people watching: just think about their story for a moment. I mean, as I've reflected and seen you guys, and you guys have told me the personal stories and seen the impact on a global level, and seeing how you guys have been instrumental in helping people run for office 
mm-hmm. helping pastors stand strong in the pulpit, helping moms and dads stay faithful to one another, to, to stay in God's word and to train up your children in the ways of the Lord. It's incredible. The impact continues to grow. And I'm thankful to be your guys' friend and a fellow, you know, co-labor, the Bible says, in this fight to continue to stand strong. So I want you guys to know if you're listening and you're listening to, to the Benham story, uh, I, like you, have been amazed by what God has done in their lives. But as they mentioned earlier, I think the key thing on the podcast that we guys, we want you guys to understand is, is brokenness. That if you want to be bold and courageous, you can't just read a book, take a couple courses, you know, and go out there and try to share your faith, you know, like people do, you know, like the Billy Grahams or the Ray Comforts or the Benhams or myself, but you have to be broken. You have to surrender mm-hmm. yourself uh, to the Holy Spirit. It's got to be about his work, about, about, about advancing his kingdom, not an agenda that we have. So we hope that's a blessing to you guys as it's been a blessing to me and has been a blessing to the Benham's family. And many people have read your guys' books and people that have been inspired by the story. But I want you guys to understand that you have a story. God wants to that's use right. you exactly where you're at. And you know what? Some of you listening right now, you needed to hear that story because right now you're about to send that email or you're about to make that call. You're about to compromise. And we want you to know that you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. You need to respond in great conviction and you need to repent and not fall prey to the influences of this world, but to continue to stand strong because God wants you to be used for his glory. You were made in his image. He has a purpose, a plan, but guess what? Come sacrifice. Are you willing to make that sacrifice? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? We here on this podcast, it's about reinforcing Christians to stand strong no matter the cost. And we want to reinforce that truth in your life. Keep standing strong. Do not give up. It may be hard. You may be pressured. You may want to compromise. You may want to give in. But we're telling you, we've been there and we will be there. And we're seeing that in our own children's lives and how they're being attacked. But I will say to David and Jason, the three of us are saying this collectively as, as one force, as, as, as men who are standing in the mighty power of God, we are here together. We are not, you guys were not doing it alone. That's right. And, and, and we're telling you guys that whatever circumstances you're faced with in life, that you're not there to do it alone either. So remember there, there are people in your life that God has placed there. So cry out to them, use them just like the Benhams when they were struggling and they didn't know what to do. And they sent that email to a friend and he gave them the wisdom of God that they needed to hear. And it brought conviction. And with that conviction brought the brokenness and with that brokenness really brought true boldness. So we pray that'll be true to you. So you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching this podcast. As always, you can check out Benham Company. Is Benham it Brothers. Benham Brothers. Should they yep. go to the Benham Company? Is you that, failed me. Is that, no, just is go that, to Benham Brothers. That's easier. Is that a dumb website to go to, Benham Company? Dumb. It no. still goes. It goes to the same <laughs> it website. Goes, it still goes out. So Benham, BenhamBrothers.com is a great uh, website that has your guys' articles, has some of your podcasts, other podcast stuff that you guys do, your books. StandStrongMinistries.org is my website of my ministry where my books, articles, and podcasts are there as, as well. So you guys take advantage of those resources because those are great resources that we put out to help people, men and women of faith, young people, to continue to stand strong in their faith. So we love you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the I Will Stand Strong podcast. We hope you've been strengthened and given more courage to make a difference for God. The guys appreciate your support and would love to hear from you. Just go to IWillStandStrong.org and drop them a note. And while you're there, make sure to take the I Will Stand Strong pledge and join thousands of others just like you who are boldly declaring, I will stand strong by loving God and his word 
living in community with a heart of service and leading as a voice of truth wherever I go. Until next time, keep standing strong.